over to their class for today. Thank you, Nora. It was inspiring to hear. Welcome to the main message portion of our service. So I hope you brought your Bibles with you. It's time to get them out. Let's start with prayer. Heavenly Father, uh, we've come here today to be changed by you. So we realize that uh, we all have a long way to go as far as learning, drawing closer to you. So help us today as we study your word. Teach us the things that you want us to know. Change our minds in certain regards toward you. And uh, we hope that we can come to a deeper understanding of the subject of healing. So we thank you and we pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, let's open our Bibles today to the Gospel of Mark. And uh, we'll turn to chapter 2. Last week we talked about the subject of healing. Healing is something that is very important to all of us. We know that God does heal. Uh, he calls himself God, your healer, that's one of his names. And Jesus refers to himself as a physician, the great physician, who uh, is here to heal us in different ways, not just physically, but sometimes we need to be healed mentally, psychologically, emotionally. In his process of transforming us, there are so many things that he wants to change about us for the better. We're being transformed into the likeness of Jesus himself. So we want to be sure that no obstacles get in our way. Last week we talked about the uh, obstacle of unforgiveness. We read the scripture where somebody came to God to uh, ask him for a particular thing and uh, God told him that if you have something in your mind, some sort of a grudge against someone, just leave your matter at the altar and go and resolve the matter between you and your brother or sister and then come back to me and ask me for the things that you desire. So we learn that before we go to God with anything, we need to kind of take self-inventory and see if there's any grudges, any offenses that we're holding against someone else we need to forgive them first and then come to God and uh, ask him for the things that we desire. Now, another obstacle that uh, we can run into when it comes to healing is the subject of sin. I want to read this particular story here about a man who was healed by Jesus Christ. Uh, Mark chapter 2, and verse 1, it says, A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So many gathered that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Verse 3, some men came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus. And after digging through it, lowered the mat uh, the paralyzed man was lying on. So these men really had determination. They had faith. They wanted to get this guy to Jesus to be healed. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now, it's an interesting statement that Jesus made because the man is healed. It says in verse 6, Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? 
course, they didn't recognize Jesus as the Son of God, although he was. Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts, and he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up, take your mat, and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. So he got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone that they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. So isn't it interesting that this man sought to be healed, but the first thing that Jesus said to him was not, okay, you're healed, get up and walk. <coughs> the first thing he said was, son, your sins are forgiven. What is the lesson to be learned here? <coughs> what does healing have to do with sin? <coughs> Excuse me. The paralyzed man probably knew exactly why Jesus said it. Because, thank you dear, <coughs> the man's sins were probably on his mind when he sought forgiveness. And sometimes we're like that too. We think to ourselves, who am I to come to God to ask to be healed? After all, I'm not perfect. I've got sins. And sometimes our sins get in the way of our seeking God in a particular way for a particular, <coughs> particular purpose. And I don't know if you've ever felt like that, but I have. Sometimes we get the wrong impression that in order to approach God to ask him for something, to ask him to be healed, we're hypocrites if we come before him as sinners. But notice, as Jesus sensed these very same feelings on the, on the part of this man, the first thing that he said to him to appease him, to help him to feel better about his situation, the first thing that he said to him was, Son, your sins are forgiven. So this put this man in a better frame of mind, knowing that his sins were forgiven, that yes, he can approach God with a particular request, especially for healing. So in this sense, sin becomes a stumbling block. <coughs> it becomes an obstacle to God answering our prayers because we don't feel right in approaching God as sinners. But the reality is that God wants us to approach him with our desires, even to be healed. God wants us to approach him and ask for healing, even though we are still sinners, because we have the knowledge that we are forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. We have been forgiven. And Jesus reminded this man about that reality. And you might say, well, wait a minute. How could Jesus have forgiven him his sins because Jesus hadn't died on the cross yet. Well, Jesus was anticipating his death on the cross to pay the penalty for the sins of all of us. So Jesus had the authority to do that. Thank you, dear. So I want you to keep that in mind when it comes to you approaching God for healing. You know, we all have situations from time to time that we desire to be healed of. We just read a list of several different individuals who are suffering physically, or maybe in other cases too. We need to be healed 
mentally, we need to be healed emotionally, we need to be healed sometimes psychologically from the things that we've encountered in this fallen world, from the ways we've been treated by others. Uh, all of us have baggage in our lives. All of us have certain weaknesses. All of us have certain dysfunctionalities in our lives because of maybe our upbringing, because of experiences we've had, just because of the way that this fallen world treats us. People treat us uh, spitefully or uh, uh, with hate sometimes. We need to be healed from that. So we go before God with confidence, knowing that we are forgiven. We don't have to hold back. We're told to come before God's throne boldly to ask for the things that we desire. So Jesus wasn't saying here that sin caused this man's paralysis. He was saying that there was sin in his life, past or present, that was blocking the healing work of God because this man would not dare approach God to be healed because he was totally aware of his sins. Well, we're, we're, we are totally aware of our sins too, but we're also totally aware that we're forgiven of our sins, past, present, and future by the blood of Jesus Christ. This man who had been carrying a heavy burden of guilt felt an inner release when Jesus said that to him. You are forgiven. Chains were being broken. Chains that weighed him down because of the guilt that he felt of his sins. He had the faith and the inner freedom to obey Jesus and to get up and to walk out. Totally healed from his problem. So like I said, today there are occasions where sin or guilt is an obstacle to our healing and to our asking God for certain things. In some cases, a health condition itself is a consequence of bad choices. You know, uh, we have done things that have brought on some of our suffering. You know, some of the common examples, somebody who has lung cancer because they've been smoking all their life. Or somebody who has uh, health problems due to addictions, other addictions that they've had, maybe drugs or, or other things. Some of us have experienced injuries due to accidents uh, caused by somebody's irresponsible behavior. Maybe our irresponsible behavior because we weren't driving properly or somebody else's irresponsible behavior because they were speeding and they slammed into us and injured us. So disease can also be caused by things like unresolved anger or long-term resentment. There's a scripture in the book of Psalms, Psalm 38, Verse 3, Psalm 38, verse 3 says, There is no health in my bones because of my sin. So even sometimes the problems that we have are a result of, of sin. Our particular sin or somebody else's sin. So Jesus wants to reassure us and let us know that those sins, no matter if you cause them or someone else caused them, through the blood of Jesus Christ, those sins have been forgiven. So that opens the door for us. It gives us the freedom to approach God, not have to, feeling like, have to feel like hypocrites, or God won't hear me because he knows what a terrible person I am. Well, you're not a terrible person. God has forgiven you of those things, and he is in the process of healing you. So in most cases, health problems are not directly related to sin. Yet sin or guilt can still be a block to healing. 
talking a little bit more about sin and healing. In most cases, health problems aren't directly related to sin, yet sin or guilt can still be a block to healing. The person may feel unworthy to be healed, knowing that there's serious sin on their conscience. Or the person may have an attachment to a particular sin, and he may be afraid to yield to God. Because that might mean he's going to have to give up his sin. Even though a sin has been forgiven, false guilt may still be burden, burdening their conscience. So, when we come before God for healing, we can't be burdened or we can't be blocked by particular feelings that we may have about ourselves and about God. God wants us to come before Him with the realization that we've been totally forgiven of all of our sins. So there's nothing that should stand in the way of our approaching God. In uh, Hebrews chapter 9, let's turn there. We're reassured here about our forgiveness. Hebrews 9 and verse 13. The writer of Hebrews says this. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more, then, will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God? So you might think that this might be stepping too far as a Christian. And uh, depending on how you were raised and maybe what previous religious experience you've had or what church you came out of, the blood of Jesus Christ is all-consuming when it comes to sin. It didn't just lead to the forgiveness of certain sins. It led to the forgiveness of all sins. You mean to tell me that God will heal, heal me in my sin? Yes, He will. But... The thing is, he is in the process of bringing us out of sin. Every time we sin, we realize what our sins brought about, the death of our Savior. So we don't take it uh, haphazardly, or we don't take it nonchalantly. We realize that our sin has caused the death of Jesus Christ, and he's forgiven us of all of our sin. We don't want to live that lifestyle uh, from this point forward. We want to change. We want God to change us. And by His power, we can be changed. But we realize that our sin, our guilt, our shame that we may feel should in no way hamper us from being able to approach God, to ask Him for the things that we desire and the things that we need. Now, God is not a magic genie in a lamp that all we have to do is come before him and say the right words or do the right things, and he's got to provide for us uh, what we desire. No, it's not like that at all. The God that we worship is a, a, uh, a living being, a, a thinking being, uh, a being who has all sovereignty in the whole universe. So we can't play mind games with him, and we can't kind of trick him into seeing things our way. There are going to be lessons to be learned along the way when we seek healing from God. <clears throat> Often when we pray for healing, it takes a while. 
because the great physician, God our healer, is performing divine surgery in our lives as well. So we may ask him to heal a physical ailment, and he longs to do that, he desires to do that, but he also sees other type of healing that we need. We need to be healed in the way that we think. We need to be healed in the way that we think about God. Like I said, if we're uh, unforgiving toward other people, Chances are God wants us to learn that lesson before he provides this gift for us. Now, he can heal anybody instantaneously if he so desires and if it's his will. But a lot of times when we seek healing from God, there are some lessons that we need to learn along the way that God wants us to learn. Some people have uh, difficulty accepting good things from God. Like I said, you may talk to a friend and they're suffering with a particular illness of some kind and you say, well, you know what, I'd like to pray for you. <laughs> and they say, no, uh, I'm not worthy of that. You know, I'm not a good person. And I really don't think that God is going to help me or, or heal me. They feel uncomfortable accepting good things from God because they think they're not deserving of it. Well, in a case like that, you can talk to the person and say, listen, none of us are deserving of it. We're all sinners. You don't have to reach a certain level of righteousness before God is going to answer your prayer. We're all sinners praying to God for help. So don't let that hold you back. Another thing is that some people have a sense of unworthiness. They don't feel good enough, as I said. So maybe when you're talking to a friend and they're sharing with you some of the, the difficulties, some of the trials that they're going through, they may feel that they're cut off from God and God you know, won't pay any attention to them. Help them to realize that we're all in the same boat. And God is a very gracious and, and a very merciful God. And he loves to share his grace with us. In another case, some feel that God will not heal them because they deserve to suffer for their sins. Now, I don't know if you've ever felt that way, but I have. I was raised in the Catholic Church, and they're real big into penance and things like that. You know, not to put the Catholic Church down in any way, they're very sincere people, but they feel that during this part of the year, Lent, uh, they want to make themselves suffer, so they want to abstain from certain things, fast from certain things, as if that pleases God, or it makes God feel better toward them or more positive toward them. God does not desire necessarily for us to force ourselves to suffer in any, in any way. That doesn't please him. Jesus Christ did all the suffering that is ever necessary for sin. And we don't need to try to mimic Jesus' suffering uh, and force ourselves to feel bad about ourselves. That's not God's way. So don't think that God will not heal you because he likes to see you suffer for your sins. That's not what God is all about. So don't let that be a roadblock to you asking God for healing. God is very gracious. He's very merciful and he enjoys healing people. Now, some have uh, 
trouble believing that God would heal them out of fear of disappointment. They say, well, how do I know for sure that if I ask God to be healed, that he's going to heal me? Uh, what if I ask him and he doesn't heal me? What does that tell me <laughs> about my relationship with God? Doesn't he like me or doesn't he have time to listen to me? Uh, what if it doesn't work? Well, that's a matter that we put it totally in God's hands. You know, God knows your needs even before you ask him. You know, you're lying in bed suffering or maybe in pain and you're thinking, well, should I, should I bother God about this? Should I take the time to ask him about this? Maybe he's too busy to hear me. And uh, if I ask him for healing, what if I don't get healed? What if I don't feel better? You know, does that mean that he hates me or he's, he's not aware of me? Listen, God is aware of you and your situation before you ever pray to him. You're lying in the bed in the hospital. You're thinking, does anybody know I'm here? Well, God not only knows that you're there, he's in the room with you. He's guiding the doctors in the treatment that you're going through. He's there to encourage you, you know, to, to, to do anything that he can to kind of aid you along the way. So when we seek healing, we're putting the matter totally in God's hands, seeking his will. You know, healing can come instantly. Healing can take a while. Uh, God may choose sometimes that, you know, you're going to carry that problem along with you for a while because there are a lot of lessons that you can learn nowhere else or no way else than going through this trial situation. Maybe you've been afar off from God for too long and God wants to do something to get your attention. So all of a sudden, you find yourself starting to deal with a physical problem or a trial of some kind and you find that as you're going through this situation, you're starting to pray a little bit more often. Well, that's a good thing. God can be using this situation <coughs> to draw you closer to him. So there are many lessons to learn along the way. <coughs> now, on the other hand, some people, when they come before God and ask for healing, have a sense of entitlement. In other words, God, why aren't you healing me? I've been a member of your church for so many years now. And you know all those offerings I put in the offering envelope. Don't I have something coming back to me? Shouldn't I be healed? Because compared to other people, I think I've been a pretty good Christian. That's the totally wrong approach to use when it comes to God. Because God hears the, the person who is poor in spirit. Remember there in the book of Matthew, in the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit. So we don't come before God in a haughty way, demanding things from Him. Oh, God, if you really exist, I want you to heal me now. God does not respond to a prayer like that, where we demand something of Him, or we expect something of Him. We come before Him in total humility. We say, Father, you know, I'm really suffering here, and my desire is that this pain can go away. If I can be healed in that way, if you can strengthen me and get me back up on my feet, I know I don't deserve it, but Father, you're a merciful God. You're a loving God. And I call upon your mercy and your uh, grace right now, and I just pray that you, you help me here, that you, you give me a break here and, and start me on the path to, to healing and, and uh, raise me back up on my feet. That's the kind of prayer that God responds to because you're coming before him in humility. You know that you're a sinner. 
you know that he is a, a great and awesome God, uh, very loving, very giving, uh, full of grace. And you're calling upon that grace now. And we pray that it be his will that he provide the healing that we need. So we can receive blessings when we come before him in a spirit of humility. The poor in spirit, that's the way God wants to see us. And when we're poor in spirit, we're more likely to be able to accept God's free, unmerited gift of grace. Amen. You know, there are other people too when it comes to healing. They have a spirit of infirmity. What do I mean by that? Well, there was one particular incident in John chapter 5 and verse 6. Let's turn there. John 5 and verse 6. This was another healing incident with Jesus and a person. John 5 verse 6. Jesus approaches this man lying there by the pool. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to be healed? Now this man was laid by this pool where they felt healing could, could take place at a certain time, a certain incident. But uh, people would come by there, it was close to the temple, and they would give alms to these people who were invalids, and in some cases begging, because uh, they, they were incapacitated, they didn't have the means to support themselves, and the way they supported themselves is they received donations, or, uh, you know, like today, you go to Walmart, and there's some people standing by the, the driveway with a sign, you know, I've been out of work for six months, uh, please, I need to buy food for my kids. And a lot of people stop and give these individuals money. So this guy was doing basically the same thing. He was uh, placed in a, a particular place where people would walk by, and people would give them money. And so Jesus went to this man and said, do you want to get well? Because there was a chance that the man maybe didn't. Because if Jesus healed him and all of a sudden he was able to walk, it would have meant that this man's life would have changed drastically. And for so many years then, you know, uh, he relied on donations from people to survive and to have some sort of a lifestyle. But if Jesus healed him and he was able to walk, he couldn't receive donations from people anymore. He would have to get out and get himself a job. And chances are that there's some people, once they think about that, let's see, I could either sit here and have people give me money, or I can go out and get a hard job of labor someplace and get paid for it. And sometimes people get so accustomed to the situation that they're in that they may choose to remain an invalid because it's an easier lifestyle. So they get to the point where they identify with his, his life illness to the point that they're afraid of healing. That's why Jesus asked them, just want to be sure, do you want to be healed? Because if I healed you, your lifestyle is going to change drastically. So illness can become a crutch that enables people to avoid taking responsibility for their life. You know, when you're infirmed and when you're an invalid, you got other people aiding you all the time, other people taking care of you, 
Uh, infirmity may bring advantages that are not easy to give up. A lot of people paying attention to you. Uh, you get benefits today. You know, the government perhaps is sending you a check, social security, disability. If you get healed, you're going to have to give that up. You're going to have to get out and get yourself a job. So this person needs faith for healing as well as faith that the Lord will provide all the grace needed for their new way of life as a healed person. So that's another thing too, you know, when uh, somebody's suffering, somebody's in the hospital, uh, a lot of times I go to visit them and say, would you like me to pray for you? Because I, I'm not so sure sometimes that they want to be prayed for. So I'll pray for them and ask for healing and, uh, you know, talk about the necessity of faith and the importance of faith and believing in God. So there are a lot of particular obstacles that a person can face when they seek healing. I think we all want to feel better. We all want to be released from pain. We all want to be saved from certain trials that we may be going through. Uh, but we need to think it through. We need to think what might be standing in the way of our relationship with God, because God is a healer. He certainly is. He proclaims that in the Bible. That's one of his names, God our healer. Do we want to be healed? Do we seek healing? Or are we kind of satisfied with our life as it is now? So, yeah, I just want to explain to you today that we all need healing probably in more ways than we would consider. We have difficulties in our life. We're all the product of a fallen world. You know, if we took a survey in the room here today about how each of us are feeling and what each of us are struggling with in our lives, let's say this past week, I'm sure we will have a varied response. Certainly a lot of people in uh, physical pain. Uh, we have some people in nursing homes. They don't have the strength to live in their own house by themselves anymore. We have some people who have family problems. We have some people who are struggling with sin. We have some people who are struggling with addictions and kind of coming out of that or dealing with other family members who have such issues. <clears throat> and when somebody in your family has the problem, you kind of have the problem too because you're trying to be the encourager and the one responsible. We all have different things that we're dealing with in our lives, and we would all like to be relieved from it. We'd like to have better lifestyles. We'd like to have more comfortable lifestyles, more peaceful lifestyles, free from pain, injury, and all that sort of thing. Maybe we don't seek healing from God as much as we should. Maybe sometimes we become accustomed to the pain, the suffering, the sleepless nights, the upset, you know, that's not the kind of lives that God called us to have as Christians. Now, certainly our lives aren't going to be perfect, but maybe we need to be relying on God more. Maybe God would be quicker to provide help that we need if we seek him more often, if we're in closer communication and closer relationship with him. Jesus relied on his Father for help in everything. Help in everything. And the Father was there for him. Now, the Father didn't relieve Jesus of every trial or trouble that he went through. We know that he came to this earth to be a suffering servant. We, he came to this earth to eventually die on the cross because he had to pay the penalty for the sins of all mankind, which he did. 
And when the time came for Jesus to pray just before his crucifixion, he said to the Father, you know, if it be possible, if this cup of suffering can be removed from me, but not my will, but your will be done. And that's the way it worked out. The Father knew that Jesus had come from a, for a purpose, and that purpose was to be fulfilled. But every other time Jesus came to the Father for help, the Father was there with him. And it's the same relationship that we have been given with the Father through Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus Christ gave us permission to refer to his Father as our Father. So when we pray to, to God, we don't, we don't say, Oh, Father of Jesus, help me. No, we say, Father, our Father, help me. So we've been put in a relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ. We are now sons and daughters of God because of what Jesus has done for us. And Jesus Christ has opened the door for us to come before God with all of our requests, with all of our desires. When Jesus died, the story tells us that the, the veil in the temple was torn in half. That veil, you know, kept God separate from the rest of the people. But when Jesus died, through his death and through his shed blood, we have direct access to the Father. We can come before God the Father just, before, just as Jesus Christ came before his Father. And God wants to know us intimately. And he wants to be in regular relationship with us and in communication with us. So sometimes I think we don't come before God the Father enough. And sometimes we just kind of put up with some of the situations in our life and we don't even seek God on some of these things for help because we feel maybe God doesn't have the time to hear me or, or I'm unworthy, I'm a sinner, how dare I come before God with sins still in my life, especially habitual sins of some kind. No. God wants direct communication with us. And he is there, he has forgiven our sins through Jesus and he wants us to come to him with every request we have. Now, understand this, that with our requests and with our prayer to God, he's also going to be teaching us some lessons along the way. Because he wants not only physical wellness, he wants spiritual wellness in each of our lives. So he's going to guide us along the way. And as he provides answers for our prayer, he's going to teach us some lessons because he's all about changing us turning us into the likeness of Jesus Christ himself. So, okay, I've got a problem. What do I do? Will God answer my prayer? Well, he's certainly going to hear your prayer. He may not answer it in the time that you desire and in the exact way that you desire. He's got a better plan. His plan is always better for us than what we imagine it could be. His thoughts are so far higher than ours. He is so much smarter than we are. He has so much more wisdom. But you know what? He loves us desperately. And all things are going to turn out for the good to those who love God and, and seek Him. And sometimes as we seek an answer from God and we seek help from God, we have to be like Jacob who wrestled with God. Wrestled with Him. And sometimes we have to, to you know, continue to pursue God we have to continue to pray to him. We need to continue to seek an answer from him. And he will provide an answer, I guarantee it. It may not be the exact answer you uh, desire, 
It may not be in the time you desire, but it will be the best thing that you can possibly have. Because God's goal is not for you just today. His goal is for you for eternity. He is determined that he wants to see you with him in his kingdom, dwelling in, with him in heaven forever. And he'll do whatever it takes for you to be there. So, healing sometimes is a little tricky subject. There's a lot involved in it. We should certainly seek God for healing in any case, in any particular situation. Not just physical healing, emotional healing, uh, psychological healing. Whatever we're struggling with, God is there and has the power and the strength to provide the answer and the help that we need. We know that he's a grace-filled God, he's a merciful God, he's got us on his mind all the time. So don't cut yourself off from God, especially in time of need. Reach out to him and he'll be there to answer. So don't let sin stand in the way. The sin has already been forgiven. Don't think that sin is something that's going to block you from God. That's the wrong approach totally. So we need to jump over hurdles. We need to jump over obstacles that might keep us from God and keep us from the healing that we desire. God is good and he wants to hear from you on a daily basis. We'll go ahead and start that now. We won't have a final hymn today. Uh, Steve had to, to go to work. So this will be the conclusion of the, the service. Father, we want to thank you for the wonderful gift of healing that you provide for us. You are God, our healer. Lord Jesus, you're the great physician, and you're at work in each of our lives. We know that we live in a fallen world, Lord, and we're going to be troubled by things. Persecution, physical injury, as our bodies get older, they tend to wear out. We have aches and pains and sometimes more serious stuff. We know that you're aware of these things that we're going through and you want these trials to draw us closer to you, Lord. We should never think that sin can stand between you and us. You have forgiven our sins and we're moving on from those sins, Lord. You're transforming us. So help us to come before you in faith. Help us to come before you in confidence to truly seek the things that we need and that we desire. And we know that you're always there 24-7 to hear our prayer and you will respond to our requests and Lord help us to see our situation through your eyes not just through our own eyes we know that you love us dearly because of Jesus Christ we are your children and Lord you're going to bring about an answer to our prayer so Lord thank you for hearing us at all times thank you for being our God and Father as this sermon comes to a conclusion now uh, we just pray your blessing on the food we're about to enjoy during our fellowship time. Uh, we ask you to continually be with all the members of our congregation, the ones that are here today and the ones that are not. And we pray that you bring them back quickly to us, Lord. So thank you for being such a great God. Thank you for the gift of healing. And Lord, we thank you humbly. In Jesus' name we pray.